0: in the center. By all means, please join us for that. More information is in the bulletin. And then November 3rd, which is two weeks from now, uh, we've got Ed Harris. So Pastor Ed Harris of HFFDFW and his wife Hava will be here for a marriage seminar. Um, We will offer kids program that day. There's going to be a movie going on for them, and they'll be here. Now, this is a two-part seminar. Uh, A lot of you who who know the leadership's heart here is to really reach out in the community and to work collectively. So this is a two-part seminar. First part is going to be here at normal service time. And then part two is going to be at bed me in uh, Oklahoma City at, uh, I believe it's 3 p.m. that day. And so um, I do bo- believe both will also be live streamed because I do know the flu and all that stuff's going around. So um, but Ed and Hava Harris have been uh, doing marriage seminars for many, many years. And uh, I know my marriage is blessed by going through some of their seminars and uh, I think all of you who are married, or looking to be married, or have been married, will be blessed by it as well. So, let's go ahead. Let's uh, stand up. Let's say Shabbat Shalom to someone, and let's go ahead and start off the uh, the Sabbath right with some praise and worship.
1: The soul of deadly.
2: you lord is this on great are you lord probably the (laughs) the words i heard this morning that touched me the most is i am a child of god if you are a child of god say hallelujah Hallelujah! think about i want you to just for a second to think about what those words mean i am a child of god Father, we thank you that for each person here who has made Yeshua their their Messiah, that they are a child of yours. Thank you for all that that entails, all that comes with it, all the blessings that come with it. Father, we ask that you would bless each person here. We pray for those who are not here this morning because they're ill. We ask that you would restore their bodies. We ask that you would put your hand of healing upon them, that they might rejoin us here again. We pray for those who are traveling to Dallas today. We ask that you would give them safety as they travel. We pray for the service down there this afternoon, that you would bless it, that it might be a time of rejoicing, a time of acknowledging who you are. A time of commitment to you and to that community down there. We thank you for what you're doing. And we give you all the praise and the glory. So we commit the rest of this service to you, Father. We pray for Daniel as he brings the message. And we ask that uh, his words may touch our hearts and that we may walk out of here different. Because we've listened to you and heard your words. And we ask this in Yeshua's name. Amen. If I can have all the children come up.
3: with still beautiful, bright, shining faces every Shabbat. Come on down, kids. Come over this way. All right. Each and every week, we want to pour out a blessing upon each and every one of these beautiful children, for they are our future. Heavenly Father, we come before you on this Sabbath day. We thank you for each and every one of these children, for the blessing that they are to us in our families and in our lives. Father, we lift them up to you, Lord, and we thank you. For giving them to us the unmerited favor and grace that they are to us. And Father, we thank you for them in the way that they even they can teach us, the adults, the elders, what true faith is. May we learn from them to have faith like a child, Lord. Faith in our Heavenly Father in the same way that they have the faith in their parent. That they would cling to their parents' pant leg in a time of fear. And Father, may we cling to you through in every trial and tribulation that we might face. Father, we lift up the sons to be as Ephraim and Manasseh. Make them fruitful and multiply. And we lift up the daughters to be like Ruth and like Esther. Make them righteous daughters of Zion, Lord. So we pray that you pour out your very best blessing upon them on this Sabbath day. That you would lift up your peace and your countenance upon them. And we thank you, Lord, for the beautiful children that we have in our fellowship and our community. So we love you, we bless you, and thank you on the Sabbath day. We thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen.
4: Shabbat shalom. The time is now 11.04. Mark your watches, because I plan to be out of here by 11.30. And the congregation said, hallelujah, because the guy up here teaching is not going to take too long. All right, so um, this week's parasha, okay? So um, how many know what the name of this week's uh, readings is? Lech Lecha, right? So um, there is a... uh, there's a, there's a Jewish line of thought, um, so in, in uh, most of the Jewish commentaries and things of this nature, um, when approaching this passage, they'll say, they'll entitle it, go to yourself, okay, because this, uh, the word lech comes from halach, okay, to walk, all right, and so basically lech is to go. Um, I love the fact that we did not coordinate this, and yet Ephraim uh, rendered this as get yourself, okay, um, because I disagree with the concept of go to yourself, because this is, that's something that's a spiritual internalization, when in reality, the, the uh, scripture here says uh, in Genesis chapter 12, uh, verses 1 through 4, it says, Now Adonai said to Avram, go forth from your country. In other words, it's a, it's a call to move out, okay, to go somewhere, and it says, Uh, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. Okay? Now, we understand that at this time he was in Aram, which is in uh, what we would call modern day Syria, Turkey area. Okay? And so he was moving down into Israel. So basically what the Lord was saying here was, get down with your bad self. Okay? So... uh, (laughs) So, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So, Avram went forth as Adonai had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Now, Avram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So, we see here that, that Avram, now if we back up to the very last verses of last week's readings in parashah Noah, we see that it was actually Avram's father, Terah, who receives the call to move to the land of Israel. And he does so. He leaves Ur. Now Ur would, is in southern Iraq, okay, uh, near the, um, what is that, the Gulf of Aqaba, I think is what that is, okay. Um, and so it's, that, it's where it's near, and then they would have traveled far north following the Mesopotamian River up into the Syria-Turkey area where the Arameans were. Now Ar- the Arameans, of course, this would have been uh, you know, one of the main um, power sources in the area, so, so they would have been very uh, politically and militarily strong at this time. So Aram was their, was their uh, capital here, okay? and so they settled there. And then, of course, we know that Avram's father passes away. And then Adonai approaches Avram and says, now it's your turn. Now it's you who needs to get up and move. Now, we don't have any uh, scriptural anyway. we We can talk all day long about extra biblical texts, but we don't have any scriptural evidence that Avram had any kind of relationship with Adonai prior to this moment. We just know, as we know from other scriptures that talk about Avram and his family came from a place where they sought after other gods, okay? However, at this moment, Avram hears from Adonai, and Adonai tells him, get up and go. And he does. There's no Moses moment of, but not me, you send someone else. He gets up and he goes. Now, the author of the book of Hebrews, and I'm going to quote from Hebrews quite a few times here today, Okay? In the short period of time I have. It says, it, Hebrews chapter 11, the great chapter of the hall of faith. Okay, there's a billboard um, that I've seen here recently. Now, it's advertising some kind of a beer or something. But I saw, saw this uh, billboard here, uh, not too far from here. It uh, says, there's no hall of average. Right? There's no hall of average. There's a hall of fame. But no hall of average, right? So, it says, by faith... Avraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Yitzhak and Yaakov, fellow heirs of the same promise, for he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is Elohim. He was looking for a city that was built by the Creator. He went out to a land he did not know. He'd had no prior contact with this land. Avram wasn't even yet Avraham. He wasn't yet a man of the promise. He hadn't yet produced an heir. He had never been to the land to which he was instructed to journey toward. He had no family, no friends there. Yet he looked forward with eyes of faith, with vision that went Beyond sight. Vision that went beyond sight. Now, when Yeshua speaks to people and he's talking about Avraham, he revealed a very intriguing fact about Avraham's faith. In the book of John, chapter 8, verse 56, we see Yeshua speaking to the Jews in the first century and he tells them, your father Avraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad Now the response, if you read on, the response is, well, how could you even, you've only been alive for 30 years, how do you even know Abraham? And of course, Yeshua at that point makes the statement, before Abraham was, I am. And they pick up stones to stone him. And he hides himself. Okay, we could talk about that. But Don't have time today. It was with the same faith that Abraham willingly placed his only son of promise on an altar and knife in hand was prepared to end Yitzhak's life, knowing that Adonai had the power to resurrect the dead if need be. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 through 19, by faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Yitzhak. And he who had received the promise was offering up his only begotten son, It was he to whom it was called, in Yitzhak your descendants shall be called. He considered that Elohim is able to raise people even from the dead, from which he also received him back as a type. What evidence did Avraham have that Adonai could raise people from the dead? Because there was no evidence in this world that he could draw on. It was simply his faith that gave him the assurance that if Adonai wanted to raise Yitzhak, his only son, the son of promise, oh, can anyone see where I'm going here? That if he wants to raise the son, the son of promise from the dead, that he has the power to do so only by faith. This was Abraham looking forward to the day of Yeshua and rejoicing in it. It was this same faith that Abraham's descendant, Jehoshua, Joshua, demonstrated when he faced the formidable walls of Jericho. Hebrews 11.30 says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. What evidence did the people have in following Jehoshua's instructions, who was following Adonai's instructions, to march around the city quiet? Six times. Likely being taunted the whole time. Which the kids will know the French peas references. Okay? Why would they even think this would work? And yet on that seventh day, they marched around it seven times. And on that seventh time, terroir, shout, and bang, the walls fall down by faith because there was no there is no logic behind that there is nothing that we can explain as to why that happened nor why the people should have believed it was going to happen what is this faith that was so great in these men well if we back up a few verses to the very beginning of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not Seen. Paul spoke about this in his second letter to the church at Corinth, in chapter four, verses sixteen through eighteen, where he says, "Therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, anybody here testify to the fact that your outer man is decaying. Though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. What is the fountain of youth? His renewing you day by day." For momentary light affliction. Momentary light affliction. Thanks, Paul, for trivializing everything that's going on in my life. Appreciate it, buddy. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now, take a look around you. Look around the room. We've got chairs. We've got a stage. We've got stands. We've got keyboards. We've got a screen. We've got lights. We've got uh, air vents. We've got uh, lights up there, soundstage. Everything your eyes see is temporal. 300 years ago, none of this was here. 300 years from now, it likely won't be here. But here's the thing. Your soul and the souls of everyone within everyone around you, you can't see those. Yet those are eternal. You see, our eyes trick us because we learn to depend upon them. We sang a song today. It says, even when I cannot see, You are moving. Even when I cannot hear, you are singing over me. You see, even though we can't see the things that are eternal, and we can see the things that are physical, our focus tends to be on the things that are physical. The things that are passing away. Paul referred to our struggles, our daily challenges as momentary light affliction. The point of this is whatever your problems are that you're currently facing, whatever your frustrations are in life, whatever the difficulties are that you're wrestling with, we need to ask ourselves this question. Are these things going to matter in eternity? I dare say most of them won't. So we have to ask ourselves this. Have we become so focused on our earthly circumstances that we've lost sight of the things that truly matter, the things that really have significance. Are we like the guy you see on the screen? Unaware, only vaguely aware of those things that are around you because we've lost sight of the eternal. Instead, we're too focused on what's right in front of us. It is due to this very propensity to view our entire existence through our physical eyes that we fail to see the spiritual things that truly matter. This is exactly why the invisible creator came to this earth and took upon himself flesh so that we might see him with the physical eyes upon which we are so dependent. Hebrews chapter 2 Verses 17 and 18 says, Therefore, he had to be like his brethren in all things, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to Elohim, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted by taking on that flesh and assuming the role where we could see him with our physical eyes. He then is able to identify With that struggle that we have. With those light afflictions that are momentary. And yet, he gives us the example of how to overcome them. Two chapters later, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. He struggled through all those light afflictions, but has given us the example. Paul, I'm sorry, Peter, says this. It's 1 Peter 1, verse 6 through 9. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, what is faith? Evidence of things unseen. being more precious than gold, which is perishable, something of this earth, even though tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Yeshua HaMashiach. And though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And though you do not see Him now, but believe in Him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls, that which is eternal. Now, let me read to you a story that comes to us out of 2 Kings. And I failed to mark this in my Bible, so bear with me here for a moment. 2 Kings chapter 6 we see a very interesting story that takes place. It says in verses 8 through 17, Now the king of Aram, same place that uh, Avram was called out of. The king of Aram was warring against Israel, and he counseled with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. In other words, he had an army, and he said, All right, we're going to go up to this place, because we're going to come against Israel. The man of Elohim, this one being Elisha, Okay. the one who studied under Eliyahu, Elijah. The man of Elohim sent word to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Arameans are coming down there. The king of Israel sent to the place about which the man of Elohim had told him, thus he warned him, so that he guarded himself there more than once or twice. Now the heart of the king of Aram was enraged over this thing, and he called his servants and said to them, Will you tell me which of us is for the king of Israel? In other words, who's this spy? Who told the king of Israel to avoid this place because I was planning a trap for him? One of the servants said, No, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, Go and see where he is that I may send and take him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. He sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. So he finds out where Elisha is and sends a great army after him. Now when the attendant of the man of Elohim had risen early and gone, so the servant of Elisha, when he had arisen and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And the servant said to him, to Elisha, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered. Elisha answered and said, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more and those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Adonai, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And Adonai opened the servant's eyes, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. When they came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, strike this people with blindness, I pray. So he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Now, take a look at this. Elisha and his servant are surrounded by the enemy. And the servant says,
3: what are we going
4: to do? This is a little more than a light momentary affliction. And Elisha says, have no fear. Fear not, for we have more than they do. Servants like, what you talking about, Willis? And Elisha says, father open his eyes. And the servant's eyes are opened. And he sees this army of angels. Who are, in fact, much greater than than this army of people. You see, he's always greater than our problems. He is always greater than our challenges. He is always greater than our struggles. And the irony is this. He prays that his servant's eyes be opened to the eternal. And then he prays that a human's eyes are blinded physically. How ironic. Because again, faith It's not about physical sight, but it's about seeing the things that are of eternal importance. And Elisha had the faith that he didn't have to worry because he's in control. May we all live our lives as if we are completely aware that we are surrounded not by difficulty, surrounded not by challenges, nor are we surrounded by enemy or foe but by an army of angels sent by our Father to be our front and our rear guard. And may our eyes be focused at all times on what is eternally important, knowing that He has got it in control. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this day. We thank You for Your goodness, Your faithfulness, how... Uh, amazing you are in your provision for us, that you know those light momentary struggles, those afflictions that we're going through, and yet you suffered the same thing on our behalf, that you might identify with what we're going through. Father, forgive us for looking with our physical eyes and just seeing what's in front of us and just seeing our problems and then whining and complaining to you as if it's your fault. Instead, Father, give us the eyes to see that your angels are surrounding us, that these problems that are in front of us are nothing compared to what you have planned for us and where you are sending us. Like Abraham, may we have the faith to walk where you tell us to walk, having no concern for the fact that we're going to a place that's maybe uncomfortable for us in the physical, yet you have a plan. Father, we pray that that same thing would take place here today, not only in our lives here in Norman, Oklahoma, but on the, in the lives of all those that are joining us online and watching and in the lives of those in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that will be joining us today. Father, we pray that we would all join together as a community of believers and that we would all look to you and towards one another with eyes of faith, seeing those things that are of eternal importance. In the name of your Son, Yeshua, we pray.
3: Amen. Amen. If we could all rise, please. And the Lord spoke in motion and said, Tell Aaron and his sons, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. <speaking in Hebrew> Yaher Adonai, panav v'lecha vikhunecha, Yisah Adonai, panahav v'le. L'cha, l'cha shalom. Bashim Yeshua Hamashiach Sarha Shalom Shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Yeshua the Messiah, the Prince of Peace, Shalom. Shabbat Shalom.